Well, 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 we're back again. I have to start this episode. Wait, first I'll say people have to always remember to subscribe, like, share. And and the funny thing about that is like I was told by someone I have to say that. And I always thought, I just assumed that people just did that. But anyway, um, but this one's a special episode only because we went to great lengths to get this episode up and running. Like if people only understood what the hell was going on with this episode, it is incredible. And 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 I have to also say it's it's one of those moments where when they say everything happens for a reason, I, I this week this has happened. It's been one of the most stressful 48 hours for me, right? And and I guess this next guest originally was meant to come on um I would say a month ago or just over a month ago. Um, it never eventuated, obviously, COVID. We'll always blame COVID for that. Um, and and I wanted to make sure we timed it right for a fight card. And, um, you know, he, he hit me up two days ago and I had this dilemma that I already had the next two weeks booked in. And I was like, damn it, we've missed the boat on this. Um, but since then, I've had podcast cancel on me i've had time zone issues with with the states things have fallen to pieces um and 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 you know by all means we've been able to make this podcast happen then we had some technical issues and i'll tell you the truth if it wasn't for covid it probably would have been easier for me to jump on a flight and just head down to dunedin um anyway my my guest for this week is none other then Howie Booth. Now he runs Hammerhead MMA down in Dunedin, New Zealand. Um, he's also part of NZMMAF, which is part of IMATH. Um, he's also taken part in most fight cards, whether it's through commentary. So you might have heard him on Fight Pass. Um, he's he's refed. He's uh, judged. Um, I don't know. What he hasn't done, uh, what I do know is that he's got a man cave that most <laughs> most guys will like absolutely drop yeah. dead once they see it. Mm. It's even going borderline museum. But as I said just before, I'm talking about none other than Howie Booth. How have you been and how has 2020 been treating you? Dennis, it's great to finally get to talk to you. Uh, I've really wanted to be involved in this podcast for quite a while. As you've had some very good guests on here, and um, and just the other weekend when you had, uh, the, a couple of weeks ago when you had Sharfy on there, I, I really wanted to be involved. But uh, 2020 has been a, a very interesting year to say the least, mate. Uh, not only for that word that you were talking about earlier, but um, personally, with uh, in New Zealand, uh, the way MMA is going, it's just been fantastic. So we started off. Working, uh, working the UFC show in Auckland, which was just a fantastic card, uh, just a great show. Uh, we did one or two shows, and then of course everything just shut down. Uh, we managed to do down here in Dunedin. Uh, we managed to do a show uh, not long after because we went to different levels. Uh, after we did a complete lockdown for six weeks uh, for the whole of the country, and everyone was thinking uh, it was this kind of thing. It was like, just think of this. There was no work, no schools, no shops open, nothing. The only thing you could do was get petrol and uh, and go to a hospital, basically, if you had to. And luckily, that there wasn't many that had to. So uh, we did that. We did our show not long after that. And then we went back into um, level two there just recently. And we did have another show, uh, which... Um, Technically, should have been about a month ago, but now we're building up to the show, which is next uh, 
next weekend, which is the one that we're very excited about. But I was involved in a show last weekend, actually. So this is why we love Level One down in the Deep South, mate. So it's in everything, but everything was at a different level in Auckland, obviously. And there was a show in Auckland last weekend, and it was uh, a very successful show. But it, um, uh, and they've been planning for a long time the Shuriken show, but it, um, it was under the restrictions, unfortunately, for level two. But yes, so so let me ask level let, one, the whole country. Let me ask you on that though. Like, um, are you able to send? Um say fighters up to to Auckland like because for instance here we, we've had the the case mm-hmm. that they've had fights up in Queensland but no one can cross the Queensland yes. border so it's literally people yes, that right. are in Queensland yeah. that can fight yeah. the rest of us are yeah. just kind of watching what's happening in Queensland right so is mm-hmm. it the same case that or have you been able to send um, fighters between islands uh, we've been able to do that. Just recently when we went back and the levels jumped up again, Auckland went up to a higher level because they did have cases that uh, were in the community. And um, so everything was just sort of really put on hold. They, they basically went to a lockdown situation uh, for a couple of weeks where the rest of the country was at, at level two, they were at level three, then we went to level one. Auckland's just gone back to level one now. So uh, everything's sort of been put on hold very much put on hold, but now it's all going to take off again, especially in the uh, combat sport side of things. So uh, it's a wee bit different to the situation you have with crossing state lines uh, in your country. So, uh, yeah, it's it, we're basically back to normal now, and uh, we're really looking forward to this big show. And the thing that was happening here was after the lockdown, and we got there all clear. There was concerts, rugby was on, everything was happening, and there was big crowds. It was, and it wasn't uh, an issue at all. So um, hopefully well, we're back to that status now because well, there's no more community transmission. You see, so that's that's, that's the best part. That's the crazy thing here, though, is that we've now had rugby, um, yes, or league, I should say. And it's funny. Yes. I actually seen a guy post about it the other day where he's like. How is it that we can have eighteen thousand people at a at a rugby match, um, yet we can't have an event like, for instance, for us even like we we were meant to have a finale night a couple of weeks ago, um, or actually it was meant to be this weekend I think, um, yet they won't allow that whether it's four hundred people, five hundred people they won't actually allow it oh. right, um, even to wow. the point that uh, Mick was happy to kind of make it as the international thing right now, which would be to to do it as a streaming-based service where we just need a venue, the fighters would fight, yes. but the commission wouldn't sign off on it, yet we can have 18,000 oh, wow. people go to a football game and watch football. And, it, and it's just kind of crazy the way that they've, yes. like, you know, they pick and choose, I guess, yes. what they want to support and what they want to allow. I, I, yeah, I just yeah. don't see it. Like, at the end of the day, social distancing no. is social distancing no matter yes. if you go to a concert, no matter if you go to, yep. to a sporting event, but for some reason... Yeah, it, it it it's a bit it's a bit bonkers over here anyway. Oh, it's a, it looks the same thing, especially with the rugby over here. Some of the games were played in uh, closed stadiums, you know, just at the time. Uh, not that there was a threat, uh, we'll say down here as such that we knew of uh, socially, but um, everyone adhered to the rules. So that was the interesting thing. But now we're back to level one. This is what we wanted. That's why we've postponed the show, and uh, that's coming up. So. This is really what we wanted, so that, that was the important thing. And, and apart from that was the safety of uh, everyone, of course, and uh, Auckland's gone back to level one, so 
we just uh, fingers crossed that we stay there like that at the moment. So that's and the most important thing. And when you say level one, what like what does level one look like for you guys? Like, are you allowed to have crowds? Like, uh, yes. is it full capacity, or are you like yep. you know uh, three yep. quarters, or what? No, what? no, no. Everything's basically normal at level one. Level two, there needs to be social distancing, and that. And that's that's what uh, Auckland was in last weekend with the show up there and it would, would have made it difficult because it was you wouldn't have that environment that, that we're used to when we go to a fight show as in uh, you want you need that that, uh, that capacity and that closeness to, to get that uh, that feeling for the shows which is what's missing internationally at the moment but you know aren't we pleased we were able to watch such great fights well I don't know like I I, I always say I sit into like to be a live audience member yes we're missing the crowd. Yep. Um, to watch yes. it on the telecast, I actually enjoy it with no crowds. I, I have to oh, admit, no. like I, I, I actually like hearing the coaches, hearing the fighters, yep. hearing the yep. ref. I, I just, yep. I, I just kind of feel like it's a three sixty environment for a telecast. Obviously, yes, yes nothing beats oh. going to a live show, but right. um, at the moment, you know, especially because we only get a couple of UFC cards down this way anyway. I'm actually liking yes. it. Like the Apex Center, don't have any crowds. I love it. Yeah, look, it's it's really interesting, Dennis. Look, I, I agree. It's um, uh, the interesting part for me is when I do my my uh, my study of uh, the shows. We'll say the pay per views. I usually don't know the results until later in the day when I um, I get to see a copy, um, and I usually watch it without any audio, so. Uh, I'm not hearing the bias and all that sort of thing. So I'm watching the fight for what it is, even though you're getting the perfect angle all the time. I try and explain this to people uh, about a judging, the judging criteria, uh, as in live is different to what you see on TV. And with regards to, uh, we'll say, commentator bias, uh, replays and things like that, um, and, you're, and you're taking their opinion on board sometimes of who they think is winning the fight. Um, and then it's quite interesting. I've... Uh, so I usually watch it without any audio going, so I can just watch the fights um, just to see how they play out, but just as a personal thing, so I don't mind that without anyone in the house with me either and uh, a very quiet time. So once again, I, I agree with you. I enjoy the uh, how they're doing it at the Apex Centre or if they're on Fight Island. It's just, uh, it's just like a... Uh, a close personal fight in the in a gym that you know really well, basically, and it was just a select audience. I, I think it's fantastic. Now listen, I really enjoy it. Listen, you've you've been to Fight Island, right? But you, yeah, but, yes, but, I have. but but you went to Fight Island before be, be, before um, it was Fight Island. Is that correct? Yes, yes, uh, yes. I, I yes, I went like, there last like year. Like when 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 you went, they didn't have like. The, the 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 Martians in the in the in the spacesuits and stuff like that. No, no, so you, no, no, you went, no. So what no, was the experience no. like? Did you stay at the same like the the W hotel that they stay at and stuff like? Was it exactly the same in that regards? And 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 what was that experience like? Uh, well, I tell you what, it was. <laughs> my experience for that, Dennis, went like this. Uh, I had a text message on my phone at a very late time, and uh, <laughs> and the text message went. Uh, did you get the email and are you available? And and I, I didn't I didn't recognise the number at all. And I and I looked at it and I thought, oh, I, oh, I wonder what. Oh, I think I might know what this is. So I, yes, I'm available and yes, I've got the email. And of course, I I had to go back and look through my emails and I had missed it. And 
and, and so so I uh, I then replied again. Uh, yes, I'm available. And they went, oh great, um, such and such. You know, someone will be in touch and they'll organise some uh, travel for you. And then I read it very closely, and I where I was heading to because the area that I can be involved in in Oceania is quite big, we'll say. So it can be. There's a few places that I've been to now, uh, but this is way out of the normal region. So basically my day was uh, flying out of Dunedin. So work like normal, uh, fly to Auckland in the afternoon and fly to <laughs> Dubai uh, for 17 hours out of Auckland. Uh, and that was the Thursday, land there on the Friday and uh, do the show. And basically I was back in Dunedin on Monday afternoon. Wow. So that was that was my trip to Fort Island, and uh, but stayed in the Crown Plaza where all the, all the fighters are, as such. Uh, or, or sorry, where all officials are, they're staying in Crown Plaza there. So yes, I, I was there last year. So I went there for the for um, Khabib's fight against Dustin Poirier. So you were there live for for that fight. Yes, I was. I was. You, I was you, probably, you weren't. Uh, you weren't assigned to that fight, though, right? So you actually got to view it as a. No, spe- I wasn't. Uh, you. So you got the full no. spectator treatment on that one. Uh, on that on that last fight, I did yes, but I did work. I did do half that card. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you don't know what fight you're doing until an hour before the show, uh, when everyone gets their assignments. Uh, that's the referees and the judges. So, no one has any idea what fight they're going to be working. Uh, so this can be no no collusion or anything like that. Basically, you get handed that, and then you're out on the floor, and then the show pretty much starts. So, um, you know, you're kept in uh, – you, you, you don't post anything like that or show anything what you're, what you're going to do because basically then you're doing it, basically, yeah. And so let me ask you as well because you've pretty much, you know, experienced MMA um, from most angles. Um, mm-hmm. Which is your favourite? So you've got the judge, you've got the ref, right? You've got the you've got the promoter, uh, you've got the commentator, you've got the fan, yeah. I guess. Even like we, we to you, oh, which, which, which is the best experience to experience MMA in? Uh, well, as you know, Dennis, with regards to shows, um, uh, leading up to it is absolute nightmare, and uh, so here in Dunedin, we've well, we would have done close to. 30 shows, uh, since 2006 we've been promoting here. Um, uh, it's it just absolute nightmare of change of fighters and every other thing that needs to be done. Um, but as soon as it's over, everyone asks you when the next show is, and you're just like, oh, I, you know, give me give me six hours to digest this, and then the next thing you're wondering when we're going to do the next show, because there's, there's nothing that, um, for me, it's all about the fights. Uh, even though there's an incredible amount of work that um, that goes into doing this, but uh, for me personally, um, if I go to another show, which we, which we travel to, and I usually now, obviously later on, I'm travelling as an official, we'll say, but I'll go to a show and I'll just ask, or beforehand I'll be asked, uh, what do you need done? What, what do you need a hand with? And I, I'm keen to... I'll be your timekeeper if you want to judge, if you want to referee. Um, it really doesn't bother me. I just, as long as I'm involved in the show, uh, I'll be a happy camper. I really will. It's, but I really enjoy, um, 
I really enjoy the refereeing uh, for the closeness of the fights, but uh, the judging aspect is totally different again, uh, being objective and unbiased uh, and looking at the fight for what it is. Um, but later on, or uh, if I get the opportunity as a fan, I, I, like I said to you earlier, I know far too much about the sport and, and you know about this and you know about that and this should happen, but I really, really want to see that thing that's just going to make you go, I don't know if I can swear, but just go, wow. I want to see that those things that um, that just make you go, God, this is why we love the sport. You know, you just want to see that X factor involved in it. It's um, the immediacy of the sport is the best part of it, you know, and and the way, especially with the crowds that we've had down here, they're so knowledgeable. And um, if the fight's over in thirty seconds and they see something spectacular, no one, no one complains. Uh, or if it's just one of those dog fights. Uh, people don't mind that at all. So that's the great part about the sport. But I've listened to the crowds here for years now, and uh, with doing the commentary or doing post-fight commentary or anything like that, because uh, we've had some fights go on to uh, some shows, go on to uh, Sky TV here, which will be the same as what, Foxtel over there or something like that. So I've been involved in the post-fight commentary, and then it goes to screen. But listening to the crowd live and then going back and then watching it and then doing a commentary over the top of it um, and just watching from those angles, that's different from live to what is being shown on the screen from the, or the camera angles. When you have good cameramen, you know, they pick up everything. It's just, and the editing, which you understand, is, is just, uh, just makes a sport, you know. It's just such a spectacular sport to watch. So that, there's nothing that I really don't mind being involved in. I really don't. So let me really ask, let me ask you this: With all the stresses of running a show, how much hair you got left? Oh, look, mate, I've gone for the no frills like a long time ago. That that came from training years ago, with uh, with uh, with uh, you know, it's just more comfortable when you're training, which is what I still do. So uh, the other part is that the big part of this brand that you see here in my chest, uh, the other word that leads away in this is team. So Team Hammerhead is what we're all about, and, the, and there's a massive team that, that uh, make this show work. Um, you know, Matt, Matt Tower does a uh, kind of phenomenal job um, running the cutter at the gym, but also uh, leading the promotion, and, and it's something that we've all been involved in with him for a long time. Like, his matchmaking is just... Uh, fantastic, you know. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's a big, it's a big part. To uh, we're lucky sometimes that we've got an army involved with Hammerhead for the amount of things that we have to get done to make the shows run smoothly. Uh, for the amount of things that you see out the front, the, the stuff that happens behind the scenes that these people don't get enough credit for is uh, absolutely incredible. Well, not even people. Like, I always say that the same with the promotions, right? Because one of the things that you always see up in the highlights, and look. Once again, I, I want to put a disclaimer out there. I think fighters deserve every cent they make, and a lot of them are underpaid. I will say yep. that. But yep. I always find it funny when you see the articles and they're like, you know, and we'll, we'll pick up the UFC here because they're always the ones in the articles, and they're like, you know, they mm. took 18 million gate, they did this, they did that, and they only yep. paid the fighters 12% of that gate, for instance. And mm. I'm like... But people need to realise that there's a lot of wheels in motion too. It's not oh. just it's it's not just gate fighters. You got security. Yeah. You got venue. You oh, got no. yeah. As you say, there's so many wheels that people just don't even realise. Like running back. Look, look, it's a 
it's a gigantic machine that, uh, and it's such a privilege to be involved in. It's, um, I've looked at the uh, the fly atlas sometimes, Dennis, on some of the shows that I've been to, and uh, and you're and, and it's like there's hundreds of names, um, and these people are flying all around the world, uh, different airlines, and, and the, the shuttle times are down there, and all this sort of thing like that. The amount of work that would go in behind the scenes uh, to get everybody there. Uh, and the great part about being involved in the show is that you get together with people that are so passionate about the sport from all different parts of the world, and you get together with people that you really like for about 24 hours. And, uh, John and everyone does their job. Everyone, yeah, everyone does their job professionally, and then we all we all go to different corners of the world again, you know. So it's uh, but the the logistics of getting something like that organised would just be absolutely mind blowing. Uh, the the things that need to be in motion. Weeks and weeks and weeks in advance, uh, and, and to be able to um, to uh, change tact uh, at any moment. Look, there was a there was a thing that happened the other year, and I did say this to. Uh, they brought out a series for the 25 years for the UFC of the highlights of 25 years. There was you, you ever seen all those? There's yep. some great posts, you know. Yeah, I, I said to uh, someone that's involved with them, uh, they had to move a show from, uh, I think, Vegas to California, and they did it in six days. Uh, the logistics of moving that, um, uh, for, apart from finding a venue, getting fights organized for fighters that were already in, in Vegas, and then getting accommodation and everybody everybody to move uh, just like that in under six days was just, the, uh, just absolutely incredible. To be able to do that, to say, this is what we're doing now, we can't have the show here, but the show's still going on on the same date, but we're moving to a different state in a different city. Uh, to be able to do that, and everyone go, yes, we're going to do that, and they did, and it was a hell of a show. So uh, to be able to, but it also do it, that. it it also made you realise how much power one man has. Because let's not forget, oh. they, they moved that show oh. for one fighter, yeah. right? Like you know that, don't you? Yeah. yeah. So incredible. But to be able to do that, that you know, they decided on a. You know, if the show was on the Saturday, they decided like either on the Sunday night or the Monday, right, we're moving. And so they had to, you know, to, to book a venue and just change flights and just exactly that. The boss goes, we're going to do this. And everyone goes, yes, we are. I mean, uh, e and even, to be able to pull it off, incredible. Even even what they're doing right now. And, and this is where you got oh. you got to appreciate it now as well, where you're kind of like, look, a lot of sporting leagues weren't getting back because they're like, well, without the, the, the gates – we're going to go bust, yep. right? So yep. the yep. fact that, you know, and it's not just the UFC, Bellator are getting back to it now as well, and, and obviously local yes. shows and stuff, but the fact that you're able to now drive those machines um, in a time like this where a lot of, you know, professional leagues, whether it was the NBA, you know, like I'm talking about some yep. major sports. Yes. Um, yes. you, you've got to sit back and appreciate that too and go, look, it, you know. And, and the other thing, I guess, uh, the, the, the other one, once again, I always rely to the UFC only because all the articles always point the finger at them. But the other one is al always um, about, you know, the UFC just got sold for $4 billion, right? And I, mm -hmm. and I always say, yes, that's great for the people that sold it. The people that have bought that, unless they were paying in yep. cash, they've got some heavy loans with interest yep. on that $4 billion. Yep. So it, oh, you, you, yeah. you can't just say like, oh, it got sold for $4 billion, so therefore they've made mega money. Yeah, the people that have sold it maybe have made mega money, but the people that currently yep. own it, 
they're now in debt you know like and 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 i think yeah. people forget that they all and i just i just always find it funny because you get people asking for free tickets and you get this Look, and that and then at the end of the day yeah. and and people like let's let's not get it twisted illegal streams right people don't want to pay the pay-per-view yep. they'll they'll stream it but then they're the first people that get on 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 their on their keyboards and and start yelling like foul play that you know these promotions aren't paying high enough and once again i i will say that i do feel that fighters should get paid more but in order for mm. that to happen right you have to buy tickets. You have to buy the paper. Absolutely. You have to, like, yep. and, and, and that's... Oh, look, I, th- I think the big, one of the biggest things that's happened, Dennis, is that it's on ESPN. Uh, to put that with the big four, uh, and then you've got MMA or the, you've got the UFC there, it's absolutely incredible. That's a hell of a coup. Uh, and how the sport would have uh, taken off since there's no other live sport on, uh, it would just be incredible. Uh, the amount of people that are watching... And now appreciating the sport more because uh, there's nothing else to watch. But and saying that, like you say, as much as we enjoy the shows that are at the Apex Centre, and this is the second time they've gone back to uh, Yaz Island to fight Ireland, um, there's been some amazing fights, um, just absolutely incredible fights that you just um, you think if they were in a stadium uh, full of people, they would oh, it would just be it would be absolutely incredible, but um, the fact that they're going on, uh, and it's the only real big thing on, and they're on every week, like nothing stopped them from doing what they're doing. Uh, the logistics to put that everything involved is just unbelievable. It's mind blowing. And even it's, when you, it's incredible. And even when you think about it, like their their PI institutes that they've got in Vegas and also yep. in Shanghai now. Like I, I remember, yep. like going yep. into that place and. You know, it's it's one of those things. Like you, once again, you see it in major leagues, and I think that this is the great thing too. Is like you know, you see basketball teams; they have their their rehab centers, they have all this, and and I think mm. for the first time, you know, they they were able to achieve that with the PI centers. You know, and 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 I mean that because you go mm. in there upstairs; they've got the cage, they got the rolling mats, they got everything downstairs. Their strength and conditioning, then they've mm. got the pool, the spas, the cryo. Yep. Um, you know, like it's literally set up. Uh, they've got a cafeteria, and if you're a fighter, you, you eat for free if you're part yep. of the camp. Obviously, it's at a reduced. It's it's a ridiculous rate anyway. Like it practically, yes. is free. But I'm saying, you know, they they've got everything at their disposal, and at the end of the day, it just creates a better product because they now these athletes yep. are really peaking, right? Like they're they're really, um, yeah. As I said, they're in peak performance because they've got all. All the pros looking at them. If they're injured, they they yep. get them back on. They, I, I I don't know. And once again, all of that. As I said, if you're a fighter, that facility is for free for you. Yes. Right. Yes. Where's that money coming from? And that, and that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. people, people people just don't understand that there's a lot more than just gates and fighter pay. Oh. Right. Well, look, absolutely. You know, so for them to be able to keep doing this, uh, you know, this uh, is huge amount of money invested uh, so you know we're, we're enjoying the spectacle that we that we of the sport that we love but uh, you know the, the, the things that are involved behind the scenes is absolutely incredible absolutely incredible so let's, uh, it's let's, been well thought out and and well and well uh, and well planned and, and it's working you know it's fantastic huge investment in the sport massive now now let me take people back to your beginnings right so 
And that's because obviously you've seen from where it's pretty much come from. You said you went to the first uh, show in Dunedin. And I think, um, was that the first show in Dunedin or first show in New Zealand um, back in 97? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I um... No, what, what was it, the, the first show in Dunedin or was it the first show in New Zealand? Like, was that the first ever show or...? <laughs> No, 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 no. I've had many debates about this, Dennis. And uh, <laughs> the interesting thing is there was limited rules shows in New Zealand. Uh, and I've had a lot of debate with people about that, but we've all agreed on the fact that the first fight in a cage in New Zealand was in Dunedin in 1997. And uh, I was fortunate enough to go to that. Uh, I actually uh, managed to get my hands on some... Uh, I've heard about the UFC... And uh, I managed to get my hands on some footage, and I watched it a lot. And I managed to see, uh, it was the most amazing thing that I'd seen. And then I got to see it live in 97 in Dunedin, uh, and it was just like, wow. Like, um, things have never been the same for me. It really hasn't. I've been involved, I got involved as soon as I could. Uh, As soon as I saw it, it made complete sense to me. Um, It was just... uh, it had every part of a real fight uh, with rules and honour, as far as I was concerned. And uh, yeah, I got involved as, as soon as I could. It was um, it was great. It was great. It was mind altering. It really was. And it hasn't stopped See, all these and, years later. And it, and it's kind of annoying because, as I was saying to you before the podcast, is yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's the year that my sister was yeah, born yeah. in Dunedin. Yeah. And it's also yeah, the year yeah, I left yeah. in Dunedin, uh, left Dunedin yeah. so maybe I should have stuck around for a little bit, a while longer. Do you remember um, what promotion that was? Yeah, it was uh, Reality Fight 1. It was um, uh, Peter Williamson was a promoter and he was also the main fighter. And they had uh, two weight divisions, two classes. And to get to the final on both, they had to fight twice in the night. And it was back with no gloves and headbutts. It was just... Uh, yeah, it was quite incredible, and that was in a cage. They they did obviously did more in Dunedin, but they were never in a cage again. So um, they were in a ring and, and that. But uh, same rules. Uh, so the, so this is how much the sport has evolved. Uh, so it, it's interesting that one of the people that was involved in that fight, who were in the final, uh, will be at the show next weekend. And I've spent a bit of time with him, Mr. Chris Easley. So, and I've talked to him quite a bit about that, and uh, the fact that he was involved in uh, in something like that. And he didn't get the result he wanted in the first in that fight, but they did rematch, and he did get the result that he wanted in the second fight. So that was, uh, yeah, that was uh, a very much the start of, we'll say, uh, there was limited rules fights, but that was, we'll say, MMA in in New Zealand. I would say, in 97. But there was obviously limited rules fights before that, but uh, not in a cage. Or not, on the, not, on that, uh, not on that scale, let's say. And then it just it took off. And so how did you, I guess, get in, involved? So obviously you went to that show, but now obviously, as I say, you're heavily involved, right? Like from, from yeah. uh, as I say, uh, being part of Hammerhead to, to refing, to, to flying to Fight Island. You've obviously come to Australia. Yeah. Um, yes, I, I guess you do most shows in in NZ. Um, no, 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 oh, no, no, I, no. I uh, there's there's other promotions in New Zealand that I, I, I had nothing to do with uh, apart from perhaps cornering and stuff. But uh, down in the South Island, yeah, sure, do uh, 
do lots of different shows here. So, and uh, and different um, uh, either refereeing or or judging or like I say timekeeping, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll just I'll help out. Not a problem, mate. Not a problem. But I have done. Well, I did do uh, an eternal show. The one that was in Auckland uh, before the UFC. I did work that one. So that was interesting. Let me ask you: Do you still uh, do stuff? Oh, was it Isaac? Uh, yeah, it was funny actually. Like that thing popped up on Facebook today. That one that I sent. It was four years ago that we did Brace and uh, in Christchurch. Uh, we did the live feed, and Isaac actually worked. And I sent that to him today, and he goes, "God, it seems like a lifetime ago." But uh, we did. Uh, he was actually emceeing the show in Auckland uh, uh, last weekend. So uh, he's still very much involved in the sport. Uh, does a lot of MC work, and. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's very much involved in uh, in the in the fight scene up north. Uh, so and like I say, I was I was riffing in uh, Alexandra in a in a in a show that we did up there. Where oh, that we were involved in up there. It was a hammerhead bucket list up there from Central, and the cage was on the ground. It was great, and it was in a it was in a pub, and uh, the punters loved it. And I was refereeing, and there was a time where. Uh, the fighters walked through the crowd, uh, and some of the crowd where they were seated, they could probably touch the cage, and uh, and there was that much noise. Uh, even though the the timekeeper, I could see him; he was only two two meters away from me, uh, that I couldn't hear the bell. There was that much noise. It was just real grassroots stuff. It was just fantastic. It was really good. So to get a sense of it, though, like how. How big is MMA in New Zealand now? Like, obviously, it's the fastest-growing sport globally. Um, mm-hmm. um, obviously, it, as I said, like here, it's weird. Like here, when the UFC comes to town, obviously, it sells out. Um, but some, yes. sometimes yes. some of these local ones, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, Eternal's done a good job. The last the one that I yep. went down to in Melbourne, that, that was pretty much, but it was also the weekend of the UFC, so I don't know if that helped, like having yes. having the, the two nights together or whatever. But like, you know, yep. as I said, like I've read articles um, that Izzy has now become, I guess, uh, a, a bigger icon than the All Blacks, which I find hard to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You know, and I, and I heard someone else say to me that, Yes, he is bigger internationally than the All Blacks, but in New Zealand, the All Blacks are still uh, number one supreme. Oh, yes. um, but well, like, well, how, how big is it now? Well, well, here's the interesting thing, Dennis. I read this just the other day. Like, we're going to have the first Bladdersloe test uh, this weekend in Wellington, uh, and it's been 400 days since the All Blacks have uh, played in New Zealand. Well, 400 days since they scored the last try in New Zealand. So uh, in that time... Uh, you know, a lot's happened. Uh, you know, we've had, it was a year ago, just the other day, that um, Israel beat Robert Whitaker in Melbourne on that massive show. And he's defended the title twice since then. Um, During COVID. Yeah, that's absolutely, you know. So, like, there's no, uh, if you want to watch live sport, that's the sport to watch, and it's on every weekend. And over here in, in New Zealand, it's well, it's free. It's on Sky every weekend, uh, and once a month they, you have to pay for it on your pay per view. So, and they have a massive card. So, uh, the profile that, uh, like I say, that Auckland show that I went to uh, in uh, earlier this year, uh, of course, 
just just an absolute fantastic show. Um, Brad Riddell on it, and uh, you know Dan fought uh, Dan Hooker fought uh, uh, Paul Felder. Uh, it was just uh, just a fantastic show. Like a, apart from the fact that it was in New Zealand, it was just it was a bloody good card, and and, and it delivered. So uh, you know, like the profile of the sport here is. Uh, it's great. All we need to do is have more shows. It's as simple as that. Uh, and, and we just know how how hard it is to. Uh, well, you have an idea of how hard it is to promote, mate. It takes a lot of conviction. It takes and it takes a lot of money. And you know, it costs a lot of money. You, you don't make money on it, you know. And it, but uh, what else would you do with your time? But um, I mean, that's the other reason why I keep like every time I talk to someone that's got anything to do with Bellator, I keep like saying, "Get into Scott's ear," like because I because I do as I said, like when UFC come, we have no problems selling those out, and I just think yep. you know when you have that kind of backing, and I just feel like if Bellator were to come to Australia as well, I think they wouldn't have a problem selling out. I think their show is yep. big enough to yep. do that, and and I just feel like yep. once those kind of shows come in more often, because that's the thing, like I, I I think as well, and I and I'm not trying to squash the local shows. But I feel mm. that when you have this one major show come once a year, you know, it's kind of like, eh, but where if, if it becomes a more regular thing, yes. then I think it'll also build the local the, the local show as well. Look, I think, um, and I'm only, I'm, only, um, I'm only guessing here, it's just that the, the profile of uh, uh, Australasian MMA is so high at the moment. Um, uh, look, I know Jamie's going to fight over on the island, and uh, Jimmy's heading over there too, uh, Jimmy Crute, and uh, just the way that the the the, uh, the four fighters from uh, CKB did on Fight Island not long ago. Uh, you had Josh you know, the on the weekend. Was, oh, look, it's uh, you know the the possibility that they come to New Zealand more than every three years. Uh, could be a could be really be a big factor, um, and they, and there's obviously you do usually two, possibly three shows in Australia a year, sort of thing. So you're looking at maybe four in the area or something like that, you know. Which is, but you think that show in Melbourne a year ago, it was the biggest crowd that they ever had, and uh, so that you know they, they know how big the support is down this area, and, and they've got the fighters to fill the cards. They really have. There's some uh, there's some very very good fighters down here. And they'll only be getting better with the profile that uh, we'll say CKB is doing, you know. And with shows that they've just done in Auckland at Shuriken and and the show that we're about to do uh, here in Dunedin, the XFC show. So um, it's just great for the sport. It really is. And and these fighters need these, this platform to be seen, to be able to, to get looked at for higher honours. And especially the, the way the magnifying glass will be put on this area now uh, with what CKB are doing, uh, the profile of the sport. Uh, they'll be looking for other fighters. They really will be. It's a great opportunity. But I also, yeah, as I say, like I think per capita, we're unbelievable at the moment. Like our, oh. uh, uh, you know, we got Arlene fighting for the title. She flew out yesterday. She's going to fight Chris mm-hmm. Cyborg. We got mm-hmm. Megan Anderson fighting for a title. We, yes. have, yep. um, we have Izzy. We had Robert. Uh, we have Alex Volkanovsky. Like we mm-hmm. have, when, when you look at, and especially when you look at our population size, like I, I, I yep. think we're, we're one of the better ones right now, right? Like we, we're, we're oh, yeah. literally in, in good hands. But let's go to XFC uh, 45. Um, yes. and, and, and before we get 
into the actual specifics. There, there, there's a photo on there, obviously, main event, Broken, Brogan Anderson, um, which I, I'm sure you know a lot about. Are they pushing to get him into the UFC? What's going on with him? Uh, look, I think uh, I couldn't honestly answer you that, Dennis, but I'd say that anyone that uh, – any professional fighter in New Zealand now uh, with a record of um, – Look, the other thing that's interesting, and, and I'll give I'll give a bit of a shout here. Uh, someone else is doing a podcast. Is Dan Hooker's just started doing a podcast, and he's going to lots of fight shows every weekend. His fighters out of his uh, out of his gym now, uh, fighting in lots of different uh, formats, and he's getting around and he's he's naming fighters that he thinks should be very close to or should be getting looked at, and uh, and quite a few of them. Uh, Exactly what you're saying are uh, going to be fighting in Dunedin next weekend. So, uh, and he's bringing down fighters as well. So, uh, this is definitely the uh, the vehicle that these people uh, need and to be seen and to perform well uh, with this kind of uh, backing from XFC. You know, it's a it's a very good brand. So, and so many fighters have gone on from there. So, uh, as a stepping stone, you know, what could be better for them? That's Profile true. Was. That's mm. true. So let's get on to XFC next weekend. Three title fights. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, uh, what is it? Is it just the three title fights and then the uh, the bucket list, or it, what, what's the format yeah. of that? What, whole what okay. So what what we're doing, Dennis, is um, as you know, there's a we're we're doing what we call a bucket list. This is our sixth year of doing this, uh, and it's a very similar to a style that uh, that you know quite a bit about. Uh, uh, so it's once again we take uh, we invite people to come along to tick this off their bucket list that they're going to have a fight. So this is the sixth year that we've done this, and I would say that uh, this is the first year that we haven't had people returning. So we've had some fighters come and do the bucket list two and three times. So uh, this year we have it's just been absolutely fantastic watching. They had a time frame which was obviously a month ago. And now they've got another extra three to four weeks training because of uh, the COVID word and because uh, we're at a different level. Uh, so now that we're going to do the show now on October 17th, so we've got uh, 11 fights, yeah, 11 fights on uh, the bucket list show. So there's 22 fighters. So they're going to have their first fight, and that's on the same night as uh, the XFC show, which is going to run in conjunction with it. And then we have a full XFC show as well. So we're going to have the best part of 20 fights uh, next Saturday night. Uh, so you're going to see, the people are going to see from amateur, amateur, first-time fighters, uh, some people with no martial arts background, some people with martial arts background have their time of training, and then get to perform, and then you're going to see right up to uh, the cream of the crop uh, in New Zealand at the moment, uh, going to be fighting for XFC titles and defending their titles, which is uh, very exciting for us down here. Very exciting. Uh, it's a very, very good card. So, uh, yeah, we've got 20 fights coming up next weekend. Well, the night, the, the night that I met you, which was on that brace card in Christchurch, we actually yes. had both the main event guys fighting on that card. Yes, you did. Right? We actually you did, yes. Which, which is kind of funny because when I saw that post, I'm like, yeah. I know both of those guys. Um, yeah. I've seen these guys. Yeah. It, it, uh, yeah well, that, that, was, that was the great part for me was um, uh, calling that show but uh, and watching 
in watching uh, all those fighters. And the great part for me, uh, Dennis, was apart from calling the fights, is I get to interview them as well in the cage, and I'm going to be doing that also. So uh, a lot of them I know either through uh, being an official or being part of the game, and I've cornered against some of them or back in the day or all kinds of stuff. So you get to have a bit of a rapport with them so you can have a bit of a chat before the show if you see them. And basically I said to them, if I come and talk to you after your fight, that means you've won. So <laughs> you better have some good chat for me. And, and uh, so... Uh, so yeah, so once again we're going to be going through that. So yes, you've got uh, we've got some very like the three title fights that are up on this card of XFC forty five are very very good, very good. And what like, are you, people, and, and, and what, are you ex- at, what are you expecting out of these bucket list uh, bucket list people? Well, look, look, I tell you what, we did the we did the with the other club that we have uh, the Hammerhead Central Club. Uh, they they did the same thing. So in the past they've got fighters. Uh, train them up, and we've had fighters from Dunedin, uh, and they've competed against each other. So last week they did their show up there. It was majority. It was their fighters fighting their fighters, and, uh, and this is what we're going to be doing down here. So um, uh, if it's if the show down here is anything like the one that they had up in Alexandria the other weekend, it's going to be absolutely barn burner stuff. Like it was just uh, it was empty the tank stuff. It was really good. There was times where they were standing there looking at each other like, is this really only three minutes? God, it seems like it's 30 minutes. Like it was just, uh, you know, this is the thing that we love about amateur fights. Uh, you know, they have that emotional roller coaster they have to go through, the big adrenaline dump, uh, thinking what they should be doing, being told what they should be doing, and perhaps, perhaps not doing what they should be doing. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the part that we're looking for. Uh, this, But watching the development of the team uh, of fighters down here now that they know they're all matched up and who they're going to be fighting a lot of the people are fighting the people they've been training with all this time uh, are looking very very good uh, there's some fights on there that I'm very very interested in watching uh, and calling on uh, that Saturday night so just to see how they're going to go and and is that um, is that a specifically run out of hammerhead or is that like a a, yep. a bigger region yep. thing so it is just a hammerhead thing uh yeah well it's something that that was started uh yeah, six years ago uh ticks up take it off the ticket off your bucket list so we do we have done it out of we have done it with uh uh carl weber's gym in christchurch uh, we did it like an otago canterbury thing one year uh, and this is all uh with a backdrop of uh, suicide awareness uh, that we've pr- been part of promoting, no, not promoting, sorry, but it's always been part of our promotions to support these people, uh, these causes, because uh, it's such a big thing. Uh, and we've been doing this for quite a while now. And so we did Otago Canterbury, and then with, with the club in, uh, up in Central, uh, been doing that for a couple of years now, which is great. So, um, yeah, it's... Yeah. It's just a, it's just a great, uh, it's just a very good vehicle for people to, uh, to get this out of the way. You know, something that they need to do, it, like different age groups and everything. You know, you you would totally understand this. And and have you had any of those guys go from ticking it off their bucket list to actually then, yeah. I guess, getting on the amateur circuit or even pro circuit? Like, have any oh, of them actually oh. developed on further? Yeah, yeah. There's there's actually actually uh, one of them who was the main card. Of the last year's bucket list is now on the XFC card. Next year, ne- next so, weekend. Uh, 
Yes, yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. So they're stepping up, you know. So this is a great opportunity, like uh, that they get if if they show promise and they hang around, which is great. The the number of people that hang around after they've done this and keep training is is great. Um, it's really good for the club. And, and it's great for the community because if the word gets out, people go and watch them. Oh, what the hell are you doing this sort of thing? And then they see the, it's not what they think it is and they understand the, uh, the amount of work and sacrifice these people have put in, the commitment. And they understand there's a lot of honour involved in it and they see that it's uh, a very respectful and uh, well-governed uh, sport. You know, it's how we, we do it to a very high level. So, uh, you know, their learning is so much more than just fighting, you know, which is the, great, the best part about martial arts. I tell you so, what yeah, I, we're really looking forward to. Really I, looking forward to this. I tell you also what I like about, uh, let's say, Buckalist or in our case, Wimter Warrior. Um, yes. Yeah. At bare minimum, I think it educates. Yes. Those people, right? And what I mean by that is, like, you know, when you go to an event and they'll be wrestling up against the fence or whatever, and yeah. and, and people start booing and 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 things like that. Yeah. And I think at bare minimum, the people that go through these programs, they yeah. um, end up coming out and they understand what's going on. And so all of a sudden where you might have been one of those people on the sidelines booing yeah. in those moments, all of a sudden, you know, you're like probably there with a couple of other friends that are starting to boo and you'll be like, no, 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 this is what yeah. they're doing and yeah, this yeah. is what they're doing. And, yeah. I, and I think just even from an educational side of things, that's what I really like. So whether people uh, obviously continue on, whether people continue to train or whether it is yep. a bucket list thing, but it just as I say, educates them as the general fan as well. I, I, I you know, I, I think it's a great, and also it just, oh. for me, it was the discipline, right? Like it was just, even yes. like going through that from dieting to, to getting up yep. every morning to yep. just having that routine. Um, and it was funny because when I did my series, I was 36 and I can mm -hmm. honestly say coming out of it, I mean, <laughs> a bit different now again, but coming out of it, I was honestly in the best shape of my life. Yes. And, I'm, and I'm talking yes. about like comparing myself to an 18-year-old. And even yep. as 18, I used to play a lot of basketball. I used to play a lot of sports. Yep. But I don't think I was ever in the condition I was in when I was 36 yep. after six months yep. of training MMA. It was, yep. it was, yep. it was ridiculous. Yep. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and, the, and your mental state would be fantastic too, I bet. Uh, the mental state is, ah, mate. Like a lot of people going, <laughs> a lot of people going there with with a lot of mental state, right? Like, I mean, like, look, we we've we've had a lot of people that go in there with, um, you know, whether they have severe depression or even bipolar, yes. or I mean, yes. a lot of people yep. go with weight issues and stuff. But like, yep. a lot of people go. I mean, we had a guy. I don't know if it was last season or the season before, like. He, because uh, he wanted, or did he win his fight or lose his fight? I don't know. But he had a, he, he, he spoke afterwards and he was talking about that, like literally he was suicidal and stuff. Like, um, yes. so it's, it, it, it definitely plays with you. Um, oh, you know, for sure. It, 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 oh, that's, it's, it's massive. It's, uh, it, it can be such a benefit in so many aspects, you know, and it's, it's just problem solving. You can apply these, you apply all these rules, the things that you learn these lessons that you learn to life. It's, um, yeah, it's just such a positive thing. So talking about obviously dealing with, um, you know, mental issues or whatever, I, what, what I'm really interested about as well is I've been told that you've done a TED talk, <laughs> right? Yes. And yes. I, 
Yes, I, I want to know, like, was it MMA related? What, what's the deal with that? Like, yeah. Talk it, talk it. So, because usually, like, with the Teto, and, and, and to be honest with you, is it anywhere where we can actually look it up and, and, and no, have you a look can't at look it? Up. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the great part about this, Dennis. I still don't know why I got asked to do this, but I, I think it was set up. But it was, it was so interesting to do. Uh, and of course, it was about MMA. And uh, I really, I, I kept saying to them, why the hell do you want me to do this? I'm so used to talking about MMA to people that are interested in this, and you want me to talk to people that know nothing about it. Um, it took a lot. <laughs> it took a lot of time to get the story that it was acceptable. I think that would be the word <laughs> acceptable. Uh, to uh, to tell basically because there was sometimes I was telling them things to give them background and they just would like and uh, and the, and the, the guy kept coming up to me and he goes you can't say that I'm like well I can because it's true and he goes no you just can't say that people just won't understand and I says but this is my truth mate I understand this you know and I said to him and I said this simple thing to him I said look. Um, you might not be interested in this, in, in like the fighting side of it and all that sort of thing. I said, but you could go to any school, you could say to anybody, uh, tell me, you know, go to any kid's school, go to a kindergarten and say to them, who's the strongest and who's the fastest in your class? They'll go, that kid there and that kid there. Kids know this stuff. It's important, you know. And it was also going to be part of my talk was, I said, if I stood there and I said names like... Um, you know, Dempsey or Lewis or Marciano or, you know, obviously Tyson or Frazier or Ali or Foreman, somewhere in this crowd or the demographic of the crowd of whatever age group from 20 to 80, someone will understand what I'm, you know, oh, I know that name. And it's like, well, why do you know that name? Why is it important that you know this name, you know? This is how important fighting is to us, you know? We still want to know who's the strongest in the village. It's, it's as simple as that. So, so I did do a TED Talk and I did get it right. Finally, that it was acceptable, and uh, and uh, it was a very interesting experience to do because um, I had some really funny bits in it, but the people that were <laughs> sitting there in front of me just did not know when to laugh. They just didn't get it, but the people that I took there to the show, they were laughing their heads off down the back, but the other people just looked at me. I was getting no feedback, nothing. I was... It was total stunned mullet views from them, but it was. Uh, I was asking them a lot of questions, basically. So, um, yeah, it was quite interesting. And of course, um, like you say, the interesting part was, uh, oh, where can we see this? And, and it was one of the. <laughs> it was the only one on the night where the uh, teleprompter cut out and the screen behind didn't work <laughs> and all this thing, and they never they couldn't record it. Uh, but I was with people that were doctors and lecturers published authors, uh, and they were, their stuff was, uh, uh, their subjects were really interesting, and, and it was, uh, and, and why I was in there, I still don't know, but I still keep in touch with um, uh, with people from that uh, from that night, and I've just got in touch with one not long ago, and I said, you better come to this fight night, because we used to talk about MMA all the time, <laughs> but he totally, he totally got what I was talking about, and, uh, and it was just like we were talking about the good things that come out of Martial arts, uh, as a uh, apart from the physical experience, is the is the mental experience of it, you know. And I suppose that's what I was doing with the talk. Um, but I did have the the best part for me is I did have people come up to me later on and say, 
my kids watch this stuff all the time, and I didn't like it, but I, I, I've heard what you said tonight, and, I, and I, you've changed my mind. And I was like, oh, that's great. That's that's all I wanted to do because I did talk about the emotional side of the emotional side of the sport, that uh, which to me is a, is a massive part of it. You know, the the roller coaster that they go through, which you would have done. Uh, you know, being tired or being organised or being injured or got to go. Or why am I doing this? And uh, you know, it's just uh, you know, it, it was great. It was great. I mean, and, yeah, yeah. I, I, the, the hardest thing for me uh, when, when when you were talking about the roller coaster wasn't the injuries and stuff. I, I think I got through it pretty pretty good in 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 that case. Mine was once you got to the sparring, mm. and it was just like, oh yeah 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 yeah. No, yeah, you, yeah you, you told me this. Yes, you, you just you you just don't get it. Like it's it's like one day you walk in there and you're landing your shots yeah. right, and and, and yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, literally. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I was against light heavyweights. I was whatever. It yeah. didn't matter. It didn't matter. And yeah. and I was landing everything. You kind of leave leave that gym that day, and you're like, yeah. I'm gonna have fun, come finale. Like you yeah, know, like yeah, you just yeah, yeah, yeah. you literally yeah. have that sort yeah. of reeking confidence. Yeah. And then yes, you go yeah, in the yeah, very great. next day. So we're talking about 24 <laughs> hours later, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I don't know what happened. I don't know what yeah. happened. All of a sudden, I'm not landing anything, right? No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's getting their gloves on my face, and you and you and you leave there, and you want to cry, right? And and yeah, and I think yeah. that was the roller coaster for me. Was like, yeah. how in 24 hours can you keep bouncing yeah. up and down? Where one one day you're the king of the gym, and then the next day you're yeah. actually the peasant, right? Like in a sense, right? Yeah. Like you're literally the the. And I think it was the most humbling experience there because, yes. as I say, when yeah. when you first left the gym thinking you were the king, right, you had a yeah, bit of a chip yeah. on your shoulder. Like, it, it just happens because yeah. you're like, yeah. yeah, like I was owning people, right? <laughs> like, like literally, like, with it, without wanting to, spare, uh, uh, to swear, but yeah. you'd be like, you know, you were my bit, you know, like. Yeah, like but yeah, then all, yeah, yeah. all of a sudden, the next day, you walk, walk in and then... Yeah, it, it, it just yeah. didn't work out too well. And and I think yeah. even in that, as as I said, like, I mean, I, I never went in because I had, like, depression or anything. So that wasn't for me. No. For me, it was just more or less a bucket list. It was a, it was a challenge. It was yes. whatever yes. What, whatever you want to yeah. do it. I mean, on the finale, they, you know, they put the video up. Uh, I, I spoke about that. I always told people to, to chase their own dreams. And um, I kind of went, well, that's a dream of mine. Like, uh, you know, obviously I was too old to, to chase it, as in to chase it. Chase yeah. it but uh I, I thought, why not give it a crack? But like, yeah, that. So the hardest thing for me, I wasn't overweight. I wasn't like so. I went in yeah. it with a totally different kind of mindset. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was it was that, hum that, it was humbling. Part, yeah, but that that part that you you said with that, you know, the easy way to sum that up is uh, rooster one day, feather dust the next. <laughs> I've never heard that one before, ever. Yeah, mate. Yeah. You know, you're a rooster one day and you're a feather duster the next, mate. So you, you're king shit one day and the next day you're brown bread, mate. So, yeah, no, that's great. That's great. That's exactly what it is. You get put on your ass. That's great. And so do you uh, – when when you run your series, do you um, run it independently to, say, your your – Normal gym activities, or do you sometimes bring yeah, some, no, of the, no, some of these some of these actual fighters in to, to rough them up a little bit and, and give them a little no, bit no, of no. a what um no what Matt does what Matt does at the gym was uh, they have their own classes they they can train they have their own specific classes every night of the week 
uh, Monday to Friday, and they can, uh, as it gets close to the time, they do sparring on a Saturday, but they also come in in the mornings and do their conditioning. So they have their own classes. So as they progress and if they show promise and that, they get offered to uh, be involved in the uh, earlier sparring or something like that. So they, they can jump in other classes if they want, but they have their own dedicated classes. So that's how Matt runs that at, um, at the gym. So yeah, the bucket list is its own identity. But uh, yeah, and obviously they become part of the club, and they they uh, and they make friends with the other fighters and things like that. So they they're watching. They can turn up early and watch and pick up tips, or they can do different classes. So it's really up to them how much they want to get involved. Yeah, I, I so guess I, I just talk from obviously once again the the yep. the Wimp to Warrior experience. You know, for a long time, yep. like. Um, and once again, like they're not there to beat you up or whatever, but we had, you know, yeah. Sharpie make a guest appearance. Um, yeah. You know, you had yeah. your Mark Hunts, you had your Jens Pulvers yeah. and, you know, and, and it does, I guess, for someone, it gives them that little bit of extra, I guess, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, like, and, and, and it's another story that you can kind of go, well, I shared the mats with this guy, you know, yeah. let alone like obviously. Oh, no, well, they get, uh, they get, you know, they get to be part of the club. So they're watching the training, which happens every day. So, like I say, they can go earlier and watch or get involved. They might get asked to do some sparring with someone else. So, you know, it depends on their school levels and things like that. So, yeah, and they get the opportunity, you know, just I'll go and talk to them or the the opportunity to ask me questions as an official. Not that I'm going to be riffing on the show, but I have done in the past, and I can run them through it. So. Uh, they can ask those questions and get the correct answers. You know, if adhere to the rules. These are the rules. Obviously, they know those, but then they have to act within that those rules. And then they can go through scenarios and uh, ask all kinds of questions. Can we do this and can we do that? Or no, you can't. Yes, you can. Or you can in this situation, but not like this. So, yeah. So they they get they get um, they get very very good training, uh, and they get drilled very very well and they understand the rules, and so then it's down to the day that they get to perform, or the night they get to perform, uh, in front of their friends, you know, nice. which is it's just fantastic. Nice. It's great. It's really, really good. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a really good vehicle. It's a great show. We always look forward to it. We love amateur fights, you know, because you watch them, like you say, you know, you watch them and you think, wow, and I might, not, I might see them later in the week and you just go, whoo But then you got to see the ones that rise. But then again, it's the ones, you get the same thing of, they could be killers in the gym, but you know, they fade under the lights, you know. So, well, you get some that just uh, aren't doing, you don't think they're doing very well, but just come and absolutely perform, you know, just, uh, just absolute standouts, you know. And they will get the opportunity to be offered... Uh, uh, membership at the gym, you know, that'll be paid for. Oh, so you guys have like a scholarship that <clears> comes <throat> from it then? Uh, if there's people that uh, show promise and we know that they want to compete more or they want to go on, they will get the opportunity to, they'll get that offered to them. Uh, you know, they get offered to fight on other shows or if they show that potential and it's like, do you want to do more? Yeah, radio, you can come back to the gym. You don't have to pay for a while, you know. Nice. Come and fight for the club. Nice. Mm, it's great. Yeah, it's very good. So I always have to it's ask, we, we, we will start to kind of wind it all in, um, but yes. I, I do always like to ask people like yourself that have just been in the game for, you know, the better part of, I, I guess, what what is it now? Two and a half decades for you, um, huh? right? Not not trying to show your age or anything, but um, what's like um, just a couple of like pinch yourself moments um, where, you know, 
It's just literally <laughs> uh, like, like you've literally like whoever it was, you know, standing in Dubai and just gone, I can't believe that potentially watching people fight has got me here. I don't know. Like, oh, well, oh, look, it's, look, it's, uh, this, <laughs> it's, uh, it's being involved in the sport, Dennis, and being able to do the things that you watch on TV. Um, it's, it's quite interesting to be an official like a judge, as in I can't have any interaction with them, so, uh, which I wouldn't do anyway. So, but you can be very, very close to these people, as in you can be like, you know, they can be they can be this far away from you with the head pushed up against the cage, sort of thing. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, look, it's just seeing the name fighters and that, but then watching star potential stars. Um, where you just sit there and you just go, wow, I'm going to watch this guy. This guy looks, wow. And I remember doing that with a certain fighter who's now the uh, now a title holder from Russia. I think I did his first fight in Singapore, and it was just like, wow, I'm going to watch this guy's uh, progression. You know, it was just real standout stuff. You know, I've seen some moments in the cage uh, in the octagon where you just think, uh you know, uh, it's just incredible, you know, just the name fighters, or even not the name fighters, and we just, uh, quite spectacular fights, you know. That, that's the part that I really enjoy in the sport now, is that I really want to see that stuff that makes you go, wow, you know. And I've been in those situations, and there's times that I just have to sit there, I can't, <laughs> as much as you want to be standing up, you just, oh, no, I, I can't do that, and I, and I wouldn't. But it, you just think, wow, you know, it's... Um, and you just look around at the crowd, how they're reacting to the sport, you know. It's just fantastic. But there's, there's situations, oh, mate, the, the number of times, you know, you get the email on the phone, you'll be like, oh, <laughs> you know, that's a highlight. And then, um, I don't know, I suppose when you hear Bruce Buffer say your name, things like that, um, you know, that's a bit of a pinch yourself moment. Um, sometimes you don't want that because as a judge, when he says your name after a fight, and if it's not the main card fight, you think, oh God, I'm involved in a bloody split decision, <laughs> which is not a good, not a good feeling. And um, yeah, just just things like that, you know. It's just, but being, I tell you what, the best part's being with people that are like-minded and really love the sport, uh, and you you really look forward to seeing them. You really do, you know. You get to spend 24 hours with people from all around the world, you know. It's great. It's a real highlight. It really is. I enjoy that part. But I love watching. I love watching. Um, I just love watching good fights, mate. I really do. Well, my thing has always been for the fighter. You know, all glory goes to them. You know, it really does. The, the, but, the critic and the, the the man in the stand or the critic uh, is not important. You know, it's a, it's about what happens in the in the middle of the cage. And, and to be a referee and be in the middle of something like that um, uh, is unparalleled for me. It really is. When you can stand there and you say to people, are you ready? And you look at the other one, are you ready? And you say, fight, and they do. It's just... Uh, it's, I, uh, I honestly thought you, were about, I thought you were about to say, are you ready? Are you ready? And then in your mind, you're like, am I ready? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, no, no, know, no, I'm kind no, of standing I've, in the middle I've, of it all. No, no, I've, I've been through that. I've been through that. Uh, I've, I've got that, all that sort of stuff sorted for myself. You know, I've done those uh, amateur world titles and... Um, uh, I've done, you know, some, and I've seen fighters that I've, I've um, refereed uh, in the amateurs who are now actually 
in the UFC, which is really interesting, you know, to watch them progress. It's great. Become real pros, you know. It's great. Yeah. Nice. That, well, you can't, you can't, you can't do any better than in the middle, middle of a fight and being not the one that's getting punched. <laughs> that's true. Well, you got front row seats, right? So it's it's, yeah, it's the best seat in the house. Um, absolutely. But, but we will wrap it up. Um, yep. I just want to say though that uh, obviously just because you stitched up uh, Sharpie on 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 yes. the podcast when uh, so he actually told me the real reason um, that, <laughs> that 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 he wears tight shirts, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, and, I know. I and, know the reason. Oh, oh, okay. He so, works out so much. He no, puts no, a lot no, of effort no, into no, it. No, 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 so the reason he told me is because he's still yep. waiting, right? He's still waiting, <laughs> and he wants to know when you're going to buy him a cup of coffee. That's right. Right? It's right mate. He said, uh, that, that's why he's yeah. wearing it. He said, do you know, I've been trying to get a cup of coffee out of this guy yeah, for mate. so long. Yeah, he's like, yeah, what yeah. do I do? <laughs> yeah. He, like, he, likes, he, likes, he likes calling the shots as in, as in uh, if this happens and this happens, you're going to do this or you're going to buy this or – We'll put this on this fight or something like that, and I'm like, no, nah, mate, no, nah, no, no way, mate. you know. But um, yeah, no, look, people like that in the game, they're the they're the absolute highlights, and they're the ones you got, want to get to. But he does drink a lot of coffee, and he doesn't mind paying, which which is okay. <laughs> That's what I reckon. But he does like wearing tight shirts, and you know, and the reason is uh, he works out a lot. He does work out a lot. Oh um, yeah, mate. But um, yeah. So look, we'll we'll call it quits. Um, hopefully yep. I can get you on at another time, and maybe we can get some of these technical issues sorted out, and we can actually take a tour of of the man cave that I mentioned before. Because, as I say, it's more of a uh, I guess a, a museum than anything else right now. Like mm. uh, I mean, I've I've had the pleasure to obviously um, see a bit of it. Um, mm. But look for for people, I guess that want to get into contact with you, whether it's to you know go to one of these XFC shows, whether it is yeah. to you know potentially tick off something on their bucket list, yep. Uh, yep. train for Hammerhead, or what, what's the kind of best way for for people to to hit you up or hit the gym up? Uh, look, the best the best way is uh, just Team Hammerhead on social media on uh, on uh, Facebook. Uh, we post a lot of stuff on that. We're in uh, Moscow, got a fantastic facility there, and uh, it's a very welcoming, uh, very friendly atmosphere. Uh, but they'll they'll really help you get become the best you can be. They really will, you know. Uh, you can try. We can do all kinds of classes there. So, social media uh, on Facebook. Go to Team Hammerhead. We post a lot of stuff, you know. So. Uh, you can do that, and if they're in a, in a different part of the country, like up in Central, and that we've got a sister club up there too. So, uh, and, and if anyone's looking, uh, which is Hammerhead Central, so uh, the ones that just did the show. So, uh, and we're connected. You know, the fight community, as you know, Dennis is bloody small, mate. So, if you need help or you're moving to a different city, you want to know where to train, you know, they'll always tell you the best place to go that you get the best service. So, yeah, but Team Hammerhead. And uh, based in Moscow and Dunedin, uh, yeah, hit us up on social media. Come and have a look. Well, there you have it. Like it's uh, been an absolute pleasure to to have Howie on board. Um, you know, he's obviously got uh, a wealth of experience, a, wo- a wealth of knowledge, and I really wish we documented, as I said at the start of this show, 
we documented the extreme lengths we went to actually get this podcast up and running. Like we were meant to actually record this probably close to four hours ago, I, w- I would say, and and it, it literally has been a mission. Um, next time I'll, I'll have to do a little behind-the-scenes documentary just to show people. But um, as I said, um, I do really appreciate the time. Um, hopefully the borders open up soon. I know we're opening the borders to New Zealand before New Zealand open it to us, but, I mean, I would love to one day uh, travel back, not just to Christchurch, but back to Dunedin. Um but yeah, we, we, we're going to call it an end there. And uh, until the next one, that is it. I'm away. I'm away.